This episode of Warp 5 is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. And if you want to join in on the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode or any other, please join the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the Facebook search field. We look forward to seeing you there. Hi, I'm Anthony Montgomery, Ensign Travis Mayweather on Star Trek Enterprise, and you're listening to Trek FM. so that no one can touch the bottom. I didn't know it was such a rough game. <laughs> Think of it as uh, one part basketball, one part swimming, and one part wrestling. And I thought it was just a bunch of guys screwing around in a pool. Hmm. Welcome, boomers, to another episode of Warp 5, Trek FM's dedicated Enterprise podcast. I am your host tonight, Brandy Jackala, and with me, as always is Patrick Devlin. Patrick, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm just peachy keen. And also joining me, as always, is the man himself, Brandon Shea Matella. Brandon, what is up? How are you? I'm drowning. I can't swim. I thought I could join the swim team, but I just, I can't swim. <laughs> egg beaters, egg beaters! <laughs> egg beaters whip kick, egg beaters whip kick. <laughs> yeah, that thing. This will all make sense in the very near future. <laughs> we hope. We are cooking we tonight. We're we're making an omelet. Yes, we're making omelets uh, because eggs, in, depending in on pans, who you ask, are very good for you. In so. pans that are big enough for Brandon to drown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're like three meters deep. It's like the Flintstones egg. The Flintstones. Egg. Oh yeah, those big toto eggs. <laughs> I'm drowning in the egg. Oh my goodness. Well, this week we are bringing you a special interview that we did with Joelle Bacazzi, who is a Canadian water polo player, and she is on the national team, has been to the Olympics many times. Well, as many times as uh, she can in the 15 years she's been on the team. And we talked to her about what it's like to be a water polo player, what the rules are, and we get really in-depth on exactly what it takes to be a water polo player. And I just have to say, uh, I'm tired just listening to her because I thought I wouldn't last two seconds in that kind of training. It's amazing. So, uh, so we're going to bring you that interview. Nice! Goal! 
you see the way number 12 set him up? Well, he's called the point man, right? Uh, very good. I told you. Best sport in the world. Well, I'll still take a great off-tackle run out of the backfield, but I can see how I can get hooked on this. Thanks for thinking of it. My pleasure. Now, keep watching while Texas trounces your sorry California butts. You haven't watched the end of this, have you? Of course not. Joining us today is Joelle Bacazzi of the Canadian National Women's Water Polo Team. How are you doing, Joelle? Very good, thank you. How are you guys doing? We are doing great. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. It's a kind of an odd little topic here. You know, Captain Archer is the captain of the Star Trek show that we love and we talk about here on Warp 5, and his favorite sport is water polo, and we don't know a lot about water polo, so we thought we'd get somebody on to kind of talk to us a little bit about the sport and uh, and what's all involved with the training. Patrick, do you want to start us off with the first question? Yeah, sure. Um, so what is your history with Star Trek? Are you a, a fan of Star Trek? Have you watched Star Trek in the past? So, to be quite honest, growing up, I never really watched it, but now that I'm older, I do watch the movies. And I do know that it's kind of from the original series in the 60s, which I just kind of informed myself. So I'm not, I don't follow the series, but the movies, I do love them. Not a normal Star Trek take, but that's cool. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm probably a, a sh shaming the Star Trek world. <laughs> no, not at uh, all. Any and fan's a good fan. Exactly. Just what I was going to say. A fan is a fan, regardless of what you take away from it. Uh, so when did you first discover your love for swimming? So when I was younger, I, my parents kind of threw us in a little bit of everything. So I swam until I was about 12. And honestly, swimming, I didn't, by the time I was 12, I didn't like it anymore. And I used to always get out and say, oh, my shoulder hurts. I would ice. And I... Then I begged my mom, I'm like, can I please like get out of swimming for a while for like next year? And then she's like, okay, do one more year for me. And then, uh, yeah, I finally got out of it. But swimming was, it was very important though. Like growing up, I'm glad I was in the water and had to develop that skill. Where are you originally from? From Montreal. So I don't know if you You're guys know, but in Montreal, we have a, in the West Island, it's all these community summer pools. And in those community pools, you have, you can play all the summer, all the aquatic sports. So when we were younger, I did synchro, I did synchronized swimming, diving, swimming, water polo. So that's how I kind of found what water polo was. It's just because I was a, I was a good swimmer. And then one day they ran out of players and they needed girls in the water. So that my, the coach was like, okay, Joelle, you can swim, threw me in the water. And then I was like, no. I got in, I never wanted to get out, but I never did want the ball. I just would like loved being in there with my friends and just swimming back and forth. Excellent, right on. Yeah. So when did you when did you first start on a team, on a water polo team? So officially I was thirteen. So that was seventeen years ago. Maybe eighteen years. Yeah, eighteen years ago. Uh, what kind of training are you required to do to to be on the uh, Canadian national team? So we have, um, it's kind of changed through the generation. So this is my fourth cycle with the senior national team. And how it used to be, we were fully centralized for the four years in Montreal. So we would do double days. Every, so let's just say a centralized training center. So all summer from May till September, let's say. We always do double days almost every day. This includes swim training, weight training, uh, kind of like a cardio training. So spinning sessions, let's say. Uh, water polo skill sessions, uh, do a lot of legs, ball passing, shooting, scrimmaging. So it takes a lot of skills to bring the, the whole game together. What does a double day mean? Sorry, two practices a day. So we have a morning session and an afternoon session. 
with like three to four hours in between for a break. Okay. Wow. The NFL just outlawed that. You guys are doing it. <laughs> yeah, well, the NFL, they hit each other in the head a lot, so. Yeah, and also I'll just say that Canadians, you know, we're built of sterner stuff than the Americans down there. <laughs> you know, this is true. This is true. You have to be made of sterner stuff to live up there in that frozen wasteland. Absolutely. I, I will agree no, I love that. I love Canada. <laughs> I, I want to go there. My wife just cannot take the cold, so. Then you you do well not being here then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, so when did you become part of the national team? Was it like four years ago, or has it been longer? No, than that? longer. So I'm one of the veterans. So I've been on the senior national team since 2005. Yeah. Oh, fantastic! Wow, yeah. that's almost eight, almost 13 years. Yeah. So, so this is like I said, my fourth cycle. It's yeah, it's been longer. It's been um 15, <laughs> I think. Yeah, 15. This is my 15th year, yeah. Yeah. Almost half my life. What are the general rules of the game? So watching it, it kind of looks like a cross between soccer and volleyball and synchronized swimming. Okay, so I I would say more, it's a more cross of uh, basketball, lacrosse, not sorry, not lacrosse, handball, and maybe soccer. Synchronized swimming maybe for the legs part, where you have to have good legs and you have to be up high in the water. Volleyball, we don't really swap the ball around. It's more finesse, and we got to make good passes, like good faking, and always be on your legs strong. But you do, it's like you have to have consistent swimming ability, wrestling ability, um, I guess hold your breath well, but no, I won't call that a skill. But uh, you just have to be able to be quick on a bunch of different aspects. So basketball, I would say, it's similar in the way that there's a shot clock. You kind of do picks and blocks like they do. So the kind of... Um, the game situation of the trick plays that they do, we kind of do something similar, but in the water. And then lacrosse is just the way they pass and they do that's more like us. I don't know if that makes sense. So we're six people in the water and one goalie. So six players and one goalie. How large is the pool that you're playing in? Like how would it compare to say a hockey rink or a football rink or something like that? So for women, we play in 25 meters net to net. So the post, the goal line to goal line. And then it's about 25 meters across as well. And then for men, they do 30 meters. So our shot clocks are a little bit, uh, our, no, our shot clocks are the same time, just so they do longer swimming than we do. How long a time is that? Uh, the shot clock's 30 seconds. Okay. Yeah, and then we have four and it quarters. it starts from when you take possession? Yes, exactly. So kind of when you start the, they blow the whistle, the ball's in the middle of the pool, and you have two people swimming to get the ball. That's how you start big time. How long is a quarter? It's eight minutes, uh, stop time. So every the problem with water polo is there's a lot of whistles, so a lot of people get confused. So every time there's a foul, so when you cause in water polo, you're always man-to-man. You can have different the defenses as in man-to-man, press defense, or zone where you're kind of off the player. But everyone still has their own person, their own person to guard. So you're always, let's say, let's just call it man-to-man. And then every time you have the ball, you want to kind of stop the time. So you'll take a foul. So you have a second to be able to figure out where you want to pass the ball. So then as you get better, you kind of don't need the foul as much. And you want to do quicker things to get to beat the defense and putting the ball where you want it before the defense can get set. I don't know if any of this makes sense. but <laughs> That's okay. Well, we're going to have to watch a game like after we listen to the interview here. Again. Then you'll totally to understand. But we do have a lot of whistles. So every time we have the ball, there's almost a whistle. And then the kind of like the time stops. As soon as you move the ball again, time starts again. So that eight minutes must drag on for a lot longer. Yeah, so a game ends up actually being probably like an hour and 15 minutes. 
And then between the quarters, we have a two-minute break. And then at half, we have a five-minute break. And then we switch sides at half. So I actually watched a video leading into this. And they were talking about their positions. And um, you have your center front, center back. I, f- I forget what the attackers on the wings were called. but It kind of depends on where you're from. So we, we, people, we usually number it. So it'll be like one to five on the outside, six in the center. But, I mean, all different countries call them in different ways. So I just know that us and the Americans, I think, if not they're backwards, are this are similar. So we have one, two, three, four, five, and six would be our center forward. And you're kind of we call it a horseshoe, and we all are, are positioned around them, around the center. Mm-hmm. So what position do you play? I'm I play on the lefty side, so on the one-two side. So I'm like the righty on a lefty side. So I like to like make nice plays, good passes, good decisions. I'm the decision maker, I should say. Oh, so it'd be like a point guard in, in basketball. Yeah, I would actually say. Okay. Um, and where have you had the opportunity to travel in your time with the uh, national team? Uh, we've been to quite a few places, a lot of places in Australia. We go to China every year on the dot, like minimum once a year. We will be going to Tokyo for the first time this uh, in May. We go to Europe a lot. So we've been to Hungary, Spain, um, Portugal. Greece, Italy, you name it. We have a lot of girls playing pro also in Europe. Um, we've been to, I mean, Hawaii, which was always fun when we were younger. Um, just some cool, California a lot, but just uh, some pretty awesome places. Russia, Russia also. That's amazing. I'm just going to take a moment right now to say that people who play water polo, professionally or not, you guys are hardcore, man. <laughs> you are hardcore in a good Thank way. You. <laughs> Thank so, you. So, yeah, I'm just, I, I just think about how much I suck at swimming and I think, wow, and these people are just, uh, I just can't even, I can't even, just like a millennial. So, uh, <laughs> because you have inspired me with telling me about your life playing water polo, what are some of the uh, heroes who have inspired you in your life? So, I mean, I want to, it sounds cliche, but I have to say my parents, my mom, especially, she's honestly the most selfless person I've ever met. And I would aspire to be like her, at least half of a mom she's been to me, I hope to be to my children. But on a more waterfall perspective, I have to say it's Cora Campbell. And it's funny because she's now one of our coaches. So I grew up looking up to her and wanting to be like her because if you say water pool players are hardcore she is the definition of hardcore she's one of those people that you never want to be on her bad side you may never be best friends but my god you know that that girl will do whatever it takes to win you know like she will be on your case she'll be on your ass she would yell at you you don't you take a set easy you'll hear about it you know one of those like she will bring the best out of you and I've always kind of wanted to be like that but I'm not quite as mean as she is in that sense but she and it's so I grew up wanting to, like, I totally looked up to her all my childhood. And then I was able to play with her for a couple of years before she retired. And now she's coached. She's one of my assistant coaches. So it's been kind of an amazing journey that I've been with her in all different stages. Mm-hmm. Wow. Who could ask for more? Absolutely. So uh, one more question that I forgot to ask earlier about the, the pool that you're in. How deep is the pool that you're in? So a legal, a legalized game is three meters deep. So you can't touch the ground. Mm-hmm. And you can, oh, I don't know if I mentioned this, but you can only touch the ball with one hand. So if you catch the ball with two hands, it's a turnover right away. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm. And then, uh, so being on the national team, uh, what is it that you're playing? Are you playing for the Olympics? 
Yes. Okay. We have always have a world championship every two years, which is are these are big major events. We have Pan American Games, which is always an Olympic qualifier every four years. We have a world championships every two years, a World Cup every four years, and Olympics every four years. So those I would say are the biggest. Every summer there's one okay. major event. So is being member of the national team a full-time job, or do you work a job in your free time? <laughs> it's, it is a full-time job, but now the way, like I was saying, our centralization has changed. So now it's, it's still my full-time job, and I have a little bit more free time since kind of everyone's off playing and professional or going to school or this and that. So I'm still in school here, and uh, I run a, a swimwear company, Dolan Clothing. So I'm one of the representatives. It's a company in California, so I do that on the side. But as of... Uh, Probably in 2019, so next year, will be uh, more centralized and everyone's like all in, water polo, okay. let's qualify. Uh, what was the most challenging game you ever played? I would say it was in 2011 at our Pan American Games. We, it was at our Olympic qualifier. We were playing the Americans. It is actually in the Guinness World Record, the book of Guinness World Record. It was the longest game ever played. We went into so we went into the last quarter we were up seven four the americans ended up coming back we ended the game eight eight we went into two quarters of overtime then we went into uh shootouts so shootouts works how it works is um you have five players that get to shoot the ball you have no faking it's kind of you pick up the ball and you have to shoot and you're five meters away from the net the goalie also has to be on the goal line and can't move out so it's not like hockey where you can swim in like skate in and shoot you have to just pick up the ball and shoot in one motion so what happened is usually you have five and it's the best of five if once if you guys are tied after the best of five it's sudden death so everybody shoots again until someone misses and that's when the game ends we went into four rounds so we took 20 shots and it, it, it happened to be that it was it was the, the referees just walking back and forth walked over a kilometer wow Oh wow. wow! It was it was incredible, and that was probably the most heartbreaking and longest, most intense, memorable game of my life. Did you guys win it? No. Ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and the Americans won the Olympics that year, so mm. uh, it was well, a it was a heartbreaker. It sure was a heartbreaker. That's yeah. that, that that's terrible to go that long yeah. and take a loss, but but. On the bright side, you were the first woman to ever win an NCAA title from Canada, weren't you? I was. That's I right. sure was. <laughs> yep, that was a great experience too. For uh, for the people that don't happen to know what NCAA is, not that that's me or anything. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's the National Collegiate Athletic Association College. Yeah, for USA, it's all American, all sports. It's like the biggest. Thing in college, biggest sports. How would you how would you put it? The biggest sports. Uh, yeah, it's phenomenon. Well, it's I should actually say. <laughs> yeah, it's the organization that runs all competitions among all the colleges, mm-hmm. and to to win an NCAA. Um, it's a big deal. I, I don't know if they called it A or one back then, but to win a Division One title is a big deal. Whether it's basketball, football, baseball, hockey, polo, yeah. you know, fencing, yeah. anything. Yeah. And to be the first from Canada to do it, that's even bigger. So, mm-hmm. I was the first Canadian to go to my to go to USC also because our coach is uh, known as a hard ass. He's very very intense, but I loved him through and through. He made me a much better player, and he turned me into like a to soldier. I have to say, so that helped me towards my my return to Canada. 
So I was still on the nice. national team at the same time. Yeah. I'm not sure if you mentioned it, but how long was that game that you played? You said that one that went into the uh, Book of Records? Ugh. I don't I actually don't really know. I think it was over two hours, though. That's I know for sure. For certain. I just don't want to make up a, sure, that's fine, yeah. a number. Yeah, it was long. I've, by the end, because I was the last shooter to shoot, I was convulsing. The lactic acid, I played every minute of that entire game, and my I was con- literally convulsing because my body just couldn't – it was terrible with all the lactic acid and having stops, and you kind of wait for every shooter, and you go back and in, and oh, my gosh, I got some major injuries from that game. Oh, man. Well, I mean, like keeping yeah. yourself afloat for two hours or – holy smokes. <laughs> yeah, but – it's not even that simple, right? Because you guys, you don't even tread water like a nor- normally. Like it's there's a different way of treading water for when you're playing water polo, isn't there? Well, you t- when you're on like just sitting straight up, yeah, it's normal. But then we're kind of like on an angle. We're pushing. We're this. It's kind of like you're right. It's not um, it's not synchronized swimming, egg beater, but it's still regular egg beater. We're just kind of whip kicking as we do it also so it's like egg beater whip kick egg beater buster kick i should call it or that sounds brutal and you're kind of always on an angle or on your horizontal vertical horizontal vertical back and forth you're kind of always moving around i I also noticed like when i was watching some of these videos like there's a lot of grasping under the water (laughs) yeah is that legal whatever the refs can't see the referees can't see is legal gotcha so anything (laughs) above anything above water and they can catch you you'll get called for it gotcha Mm mm-hmm yeah. There's a political answer for you. <laughs> I, I've just been sitting here with my jaw open thinking, okay, what's more hardcore than hardcore? And the only thing I could come up with was double hardcore because that's what you are, lady. <laughs> I just, uh, I am extremely impressed and I feel like I know at least a little bit more about water polo. And I think that I need to uh, watch some games and and obtain a better appreciation of this sport because if Jonathan Archer loved it so much, there's something great about it. And now you've proven why it's so great. (laughs) But honestly, it was really cool because a couple of years ago, it was named the most most difficult sport or the hardest sport in the world from on through Bleacher Report. I think it was like, I don't know how many years ago. Yeah. And it was based off like six criteria. It was endurance technique uh, all this stuff and that was we were named number one i was like yes finally our sport will get our name will be out there <laughs> that, after that's watching fantastic. a lot of sports i could definitely buy that as being the truth awesome <laughs> yeah that american ninja tv program got nothing on you guys okay no they are hardcore when they go in water it's over yeah <laughs> yes, but then... trying not to get in the water Put uh, us on land, and you may think the same thing. (laughs) Well, as long as you're in your element, everyone performs well in their element. So, So, uh, Joel, is there anything you want to talk about, uh, about water polo, yourself, your life, your training, that we haven't asked you about yet? I mean, you know, water polo has been a big part of my life, and I love it through and through. I've been trying to retire for the last two years since our last qualification, and I just can't. I love the sport so much that until uh, they kick me out, no. And then I'm giving it one more one more cycle. So in 2020, I will hang up my cap and uh, just uh, no regrets, you know, and help uh, the young ones. So we want to develop the sport in our country, and this is what I'm here to do. I also started coaching a little bit on whenever the little time that I have. 
So if I can go in once a month, I go in once a month. I try to do it weekly, but I'm just trying to help the the development of our sport and all these young girls to to love our sport as well. Excellent. That's amazing. Love it. Uh, Brandy and Patrick, did you have any other questions you wanted to ask that we didn't get to yet? Uh, if I could pick my job off the floor long enough to think, <laughs> maybe I come up with something that didn't sound completely dumb. Uh, I just really have enjoyed learning about you and about uh, your life as a water polo player. It's It's been very enlightening. Thank you. Right on. Well, Joelle, thanks so much for joining us. Where can people find you and your team on social media if they'd like to if they'd like to follow you? So you can follow us on uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, with just by going Water Polo Canada. And then we have a women's Facebook page, which is Women's Water Polo Canada. Excellent. Pretty easy. Right on. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you taking the time today. And... Uh, We'll uh, share this with you uh, as soon as we get the interview published. Thank you. And thank you so much for uh, wanting to know a little bit more about our sport. And I'm honored that this is our favorite year. Sorry, Archer's favorite favorite sport? Yep, the yep. captain of the show, yeah. Exactly. Captain, exactly. Excellent. Yeah. We're honored. What the hell was that? Oh, number eight on Texas just filed one of my boys. He's going to be ejected for 20 seconds. Is that fair? It gives your guys an advantage. Well, that's the point. Oh. <laughs> I don't suppose it'd be practical to put a pool on the ship. Well, I wouldn't want to be taken to assume if the gravity plating went offline. Well, that was a whole lot of fun, that interview. What do you think, guys? It was, it was pretty great. <laughs> I think it was awesome. I've been really looking forward to doing this. Uh, I wanted to do this a while ago, but it was hard to try and plan something like this when uh, we were only doing the two episodes a month so uh we had opened floyd and i had intended to do this a while ago but i'm really really glad that we finally got to it um i in full honesty i don't know a lot about sports myself i was never into sports i uh, i don't know much about them but it was it was always intriguing that you know all of these captains that we have cisco likes baseball and archer likes water polo you know and i think that's kind of an interesting uh interesting side to his character and I always wanted to know more about the sport and, you know, give us a little bit more insight into our captain and, and who he is and what he likes to do is fun. I mean, we had that one episode, uh, right, where he's, um, you know, drinking a beer with, with uh, Trip in his room and they're watching the game and, you know, it's kind of cool. Yeah, well, if he's going to like a sport, it's good to like the most difficult sport in the history of sports. Mm-hmm. Very true, very true. And also, actually, when he was watching that sport, uh, he was watching the NCAA tournaments. Okay. Um, when he was drinking that beer. And the, about, like you, before, I do know sports. I know baseball, basketball, football. You know, I watch them regularly. But the only thing I knew about water polo before, like a week ago, was that you didn't take horses in the pool. That's like the only part of water <laughs> polo I knew. And now, now I, I looked into it over the last week and found out some interesting stuff about the sport. Excellent. <laughs> Well, it's been fun talking about water polo today, but this isn't the only thing we've been discussing on the network, so here is a quick look at some of the other things you may have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.FM, Standard Orbit. This episode is one of those tropes, like why is Jack the Ripper something that just completely still captivates us? in storytelling it's interesting people are always obsessed like you always see some new documentary on the history channel like we found the new jack the ripper 
Was Jack the Ripper a woman? Was Jack the Ripper a political figure? Was he a part of the royal family? It's like, do we care at this point? The 602 Club. Yes, I, I, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, I love the fact that the theme of, of PTSD carries through. And the very first thing that they do is they throw at you. They double underline, circle, and bold the point that revenge doesn't chase the demons away. Earl Grey. I dragged them over to Seth MacFarlane, who had never met before, and I said, so you're a big Star Trek Next Gen fan? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, I'm Lieutenant Commander Shelby. And he looked at me and he went, that means you're Elizabeth Dennehy. I suppose that's why someone like you sits in the shadow of a great man, passing off one command after he started saying all of my lines to me. And we started doing all of our scenes and lines. Isn't that hilarious? Warp 5. The Guardians are the Borg. That's it. The Guardians are the Borg. Tune in later on. We might talk about it. <laughs> Let's write that episode together. Right. See, but the thing is that these the these sphere builders though, like they they must think of themselves as the guardians of the galaxy. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. Check out all these shows and join the conversation about your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, be sure to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts on iPhone, iPad, or Apple TV, or the desktop iTunes app to get the latest episodes as soon as they are published. And please leave us a star rating and written review. And if you're not an Apple user, we got you, boo. You can find our shows on Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, in most third-party apps, and you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website or grab the RSS link. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show, and there are many ways for you to do that. The best place to join the larger conversation is the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook, and it should come right up. If, you, if you'd like to send an email, you can use the form on our website at trek.fm slash contact. Choose to send to a show and select Warp 5. That will come right to us. You can also find the network on Twitter at trek.fm and on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm. So, Brendan, when you're not trying to beat eggs in a pool, where can people find you on the Internet? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Brandon Metella. Uh, you Every once in a while, I'm tweeting weird Star Trek stuff. Uh, you can find me poking my head up uh, above water in the Babel Conference. And you can find me here on the network with the Star Trek Discovery podcast called The Edge. And you can also find me over on the Fandom Podcast Network with a show called Good Evening, an Alfred Hitchcock podcast. And I host that with my friends Chris and Tom. And we also now have our own independent feed. So please Yay! be sure to check it out. It's a fun little show. So Excellent. And uh, Patrick, when you're not trying to grope everybody underwater when the judges can't see you, where can people find you? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um. (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) people can find me on the Babel Conference. I'm usually hanging around there, um, not groping people underwater. That's not what I do there. Uh, They can also find me on Twitter. I don't post there much, but I'm starting to post there more. Magic Drop 5. One word, the five is a number. Brandy, where could people find you when you're not playing the longest, most intense game of water polo in your life? Well, 
when I am not exhausting myself for two hours in a pool, you can find me inside the Babel Conference, lurking around under the water. (laughs) And you can also find me on Twitter at Brandywine12. It's Brandy with an I. I also do a podcast with my husband called The Dark Corner Podcast, which you can find on strangeanddeadly.com. We look at pop culture and life through a darker lens. I swear a lot. Full disclosure. And you'll also find me when new episodes of Discovery have aired doing Live from the Edge on Monday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific with my co-host Bruce Gibson. It's all live, no edits, out there for all the world to see, and it's great. We love it. If you'd like to keep all of our shows coming to you each week, you can become a patron of the network on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash trekfm. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm to get all the details. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer credits, and more. Available through our special patrons website, Patron Zone. It requires a great deal of money to produce, host, and distribute these shows each month. Really appreciate any support you can give us, and we hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find all the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. And at this time, we'd like to give a big round of applause and a great big thank you to our associate producers here on Warp 5. We have Norman C. Lau, Floyd Dorsey, Mike Morrison, Tim Cooper, Justin Ozer, Mark Flessa, and Joe Saltzman. Thank you so much, everybody. We really appreciate your support. We couldn't do it without you. You're supporting not just Warp 5, but Trek FM itself. Yes, you are. We appreciate all of you. So that is it for this week. And join us again next week, same Warp 5 channel, for another episode of Warp 5. See you later, boomers. And keep calm and boom on. Um, and you can also find me on the Briar Patch uh, every other Sunday. <laughs> I can't what? Anymore. Sorry. <laughs> Just let it all out, Brandon. Just let it all out. It's okay. You're with friends. This is a safe space. <laughs> Sorry, Patrick. <laughs> Oh, well, there's our stinger. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay, go. I don't even know what to follow that with to to go to Brandy. (laughs) You can't follow groping people. (laughs) There's nothing past that. Well, how about I just jump in and say, you can find me on the network on, on Live from the Edge. Here, let's start that which, again. Uh, I gotta help. I'll put that part as a stinger here. So. 
Okay. Brandy, did you finish? Because I interrupted you when I was laughing, Patrick. What were you in the middle of doing? I think I was done. Were you? <laughs> I think so. Okay. This will be a fun edit. <laughs>